You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for Desperate Housewives. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Desperate Housewives news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, it's AfterBuzz TV for Desperate Housewives. Hey everybody, how you doing? I'm Derek Shore. Welcome to another edition of Desperate Housewives. Sarah Stretton is here tonight in the studio. Hello everybody. You look quite nice. Thank you. I love having dressed up co-hosts. It really is great. I I don't know. I just feel like I need to dress up for AfterBuzz. You You look very wintry tonight. I've got my coat. Your cold weather gear, although the viewers probably wouldn't know it. Um, So Desperate Housewives, I finally feel like we're a little on track, more on track. I really have enjoyed the last couple episodes, and I think it's because um, I've had some tearful moments in them. That's what I was going to say. There are some moments, especially in the side, like I was literally, I had tears in my eyes in certain moments in this episode, and that was great. But then there's other moments where I it's just it just sucks. It's still off for you. I don't like it. See, this is a rough season for me too because there are some storylines that I kind of wish would just go away. I'm ready to move on, but this, mm-hmm. it's at the same time I keep thinking, well, it's the last season though, and how much time do we really have? I mean, yeah. this is the whole Susan in the art class and the and the body in the woods. I think we're sort of stuck with these storylines. This is where they're going, and they're going to run them out. And I feel like they're opening windows to keep it going, and I can see them. Like, I can just see, like, where they're playing chess. But, like, today's episode, to me, was really predictable with the main storylines. Like, I just (laughs) felt like you knew where everything was going. See, I I also think that there is a bit of, like, Donna Summers, um, Dionne Warwick psychic connection not Donna Summers Dion Warwick you were very intuitive throughout tonight's episode you pretty much guessed the whole thing before it happened I know and that really just didn't make me very happy like literally I was like this is gonna happen and then it would but so it might just be me because the other day like I totally predict like a really random touchdown in football and I was like and everyone looked at me like what the heck so it might just be me being like a psychic Well, I think uh, it's probably partially that and also partially a bit of predictable writing. There were a few moments when I, uh, you know, you were being a clairvoyant and then I had um, I had some pretty good predictions that came true in this episode as well. So both of us were doing it. I know. It can't just be that we're psychic. See, but again, though, I I feel like viewers, viewers want to know that they sort of know something like, oh, I bet you that's going to happen. I bet you that's going to happen. That's why I love watching the show with you okay. because I feel like I can just sort of speak my mind and if something ridiculous happens, we can look at each other and roll our eyes. Yeah. Or if something predictable is about to happen, we can look at each other and you can say, oh, I bet that's going to happen. So let's get to the okay. episode and talk sure. talk okay. about it. In the, in the opening scene... Wisteria Lane is so quiet and Bree is in bed and hears a noise in her house. And of course, 
it's Chuck. Uh, predictable moment, but Chuck is in her house. And you know what I love about this storyline? First of all, Bree's character, I just think is so interesting. And I know I change my mind every five minutes about who my favorite is. But Chuck has become this crazy villain. I never saw that coming. I thought, wow, here's this hot guy. Bree's finally going to hook up with him, and they're going to, like, this is going to be the end of her storyline, the Desperate Housewives, like, culmination. Bree's going to be together with him. It turns out he is kind of a monster, isn't he? Oh, he totally turned her into a monster. As soon as he was rejected, he became, like, this psycho crazy man, and it's kind of scary to me. I just feel like one day, like, you say one wrong thing to a person, and then they turn to, like, stalker... Yeah. Scary man. Well, he had those creepy moments in this episode where, uh, I mean, the things that really stand out to me are the moments when he was looking at Brie almost lustfully and almost like when he pointed at the painting at the end and he said, and this beautiful woman is, of course, you. She's like, no, it could be anyone. It's open to interpretation. He's like, no, I'm pretty sure it's you. But he's like getting off at her, her like squirming yeah exactly and that's what's so disturbing about it he's it's like enjoying anything it she's like not happy with he's like literally going over the top he's like crazy about oh it. he's going for it his line i wrote this down um let's see where's the quote he essentially said something like oh this is it i'm going to take my time because i want to watch the ice princess melt yeah creepy it's just all oh, totally creepy. And that he's supposed to be a cop and he was portrayed as this good guy in the beginning who could maybe be there to protect her. And now he's just the psycho who's just after her and wants to torture her and all of her friends. You know the scene, though, where where he was in front of the house and he was standing by his car and she came out and said, hey, if you're if you're trying to, like, stalk me, you're not very discreet about it. I know you're out here. And they had that conversation. This scene I love. First of all, I thought Marsha Cross looked gorgeous in it. The way it was shot, it was just like she looked so piercing and strong there in that black coat. And we've seen her these last few episodes. We've seen her sort of panic about being discovered that they buried this body and we've seen her sort of on shaky ground and Mm -hmm. typically she's really a a strong character and despite the fact that she led these women uh into the situation where they were not so on board with it but brie was the one who initially Mm -hmm. said hey we're friends we've got to do this for each other we back each other up today she even mentioned today that she's the one protecting all of them yeah she's the one putting her neck out there all the time to take control because all the women go to her Exactly. And that's why I thought it was so nice to see her really stand up to Chuck. Because in last week's episode, you remember where he mm-hmm. like pinned her up against the car? That was a really scary moment. First mm-hmm. of all, who, who grabs someone and touches someone like that? Totally not cool. So this week, I really appreciated the fact that she, on the front stoop, really stood up to him and essentially said, I will defend my friends. We stick together. And she wasn't admitting anything, but she sort of let him know. She even told, told him, like, get off my street. Yeah, she's like, if you're not going to arrest me, leave. She I def- love that. Badass okay. Brie. She, Brie brings her game when it's needed. Like, she has that capability to take any type of pressure and channel it and be strong. But then you always see that, like, glimpse of humanity, like, the moment after. Yeah. Like, in this one where she just, like, you see her breathing and, like, she takes it all in. As but, soon as he drives away. Mm-hmm. she Yeah. But she can pull it together for those moments and be that strong dominating woman who like can't be like stomped on what did you think at the end of this episode though in the wrap-up when we saw her with a bottle of wine um i was really hoping that desperate housewives wasn't going to do that um i had this feeling that they might but 
I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but it's just kind of also annoying to me that when Carlos has been suffering with his alcoholism, yeah. Bree's the one who's like, can I help? Can I do this? Like, I've been through this, yada, yada, yada. And I liked that. I liked that maybe she could, she was the role model for people or something. And having them almost switch now where he's pouring out the bottle and she's pouring one in yeah. really bothered me. I'm like, does someone always have to be drinking on this show? Oh, like, so, okay. That's why I bugged you. Yeah. And I just didn't want Bree to fall back there. I just. See, I didn't mind it because I sort of feel like it is a realistic portrayal of someone who's. I mean, I've never been mm-hmm. to AA, so I don't know what that's like, but I know plenty of people who have, and I know that addiction is the hardest thing you can battle, right? Yeah. And so she's held it together pretty well for years, and we've even seen her scold other people. Yeah, I guess it's just my caring part for Bree. Like, I love her, and I don't want her to hurt herself with alcohol again because I. It's the last season. And if she starts drinking, do we really think that she's going to stop drinking? Does she have time to recover in the, the remaining end? episodes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so, a good question. And I don't want them to end Desperate Housewives with Bree being a drunk. I want her to be strong. Well, and give it a few her. more episodes. We'll, we'll see what happens. You said to me um, during the show or during one of the commercial breaks that you were kind of tired of the Susan artist storyline thing with Andre, the crazy angry artist mm-hmm. who's so mean to everyone. So you're you're over it. You're ready to move the on. The whole painting thing and just Susan like being like this artist and like, oh, I'm just a housewife who's an amazing painter and all this talent. It's just so boring to me and so unrealistic. Like really someone's going to take your paintings, put them in a gallery. You're not even though you told them no and then they're going to try and sell them and you have no power over that situation. Pretty uh, unrealistic. That seems like a giant lawsuit waiting to happen. You can't just steal someone's art and throw it onto the wall but- and try and sell it and like they're selling it. They're selling her art. They're not to anyone. They're making money. It's yeah, exactly. That's like me um trying to sell copies of Oops I Did It Again by Britney Spears. It's just, you know, I don't own it, so I can't really you can't do, do it. that. And there's only one of them. It's like, called copyright infringement. It's horrible. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. But in the land of television, anything goes, and and it happened. I'm hoping it's done. But I mean, the paintings are sold; they are now in possession, and like, we'll never see Andre the art art the art teacher again. Hey, but wasn't it great though to finally see him? He's been such a douchebag, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it was so great when uh, Felix, this this art dealer, comes in, played by Leslie Jordan, by the way. Do you recognize that yes. guy? Oh my gosh, he's in everything. He's he in everything. Has that voice and he's. I remember years ago seeing him in a, in a little play on Melrose. And he played, a, he was, his character's name was Peanut. And most recently, he was in the movie The Help, which is fantastic, directed by my friend Tate, produced by Brunson. Brunson Green. Hi, yeah, guys. No. Um, not that they're watching. But he is a phenomenal little actor. Of course they're watching. And how great, yeah, Tate and Brunson, I hope you're watching. Um, what a great actor he is. And I thought he was perfect for this role. And especially, I thought the best scene was it at the end when Susan is trying to get the art off the wall and he's like, "This is genius. You're you're a crazy artist." And oh, what was the line? I I wrote it down. He's like, "Oh, her mind has snapped." He did say <laughs> that was he, genius. He was the only redeemable thing in that moment. In the art scene. It, when Susan's taking the painting off the wall scene. When but, she's like st- no, <laughs> when no. she was struggling so hard that her feet were sliding oh God, across the you floor. Just, like, dig your fingers into it and like rip it or That's something. That's what I was thinking, was but I guess difficult? because it was her painting, she didn't want to destroy it. She didn't want to go that far she to rip to it up. She tried to throw wine on it. Oh, good point. Yeah, she tried oh, to throw wine point. on it. But I was just like, this looks ridiculous that she's like. 
can uh, move at uh, all. I know, because canvas is, you know, not, not as hard as steel. No, exactly. it's so difficult to Well, move. but how great was it, though, when Leslie Jordan's character, Felix, was walking around to all the students, and he was saying, nope, hate this, hate this. Oh, yes, there's definitely a place for your artwork. Boom, in the trash can. And then he comes to Susan, and Susan's is the art that he actually likes. And he tells Susan that, that she reminds him of a young Andre her art teacher. So there, it's finally like Andre has to eat a bit of humble pie. And it was nice to see Susan at least be able to be a little smug towards Andre. Totally. Like, that was nice. Totally. I I agree with that, but I'm done with the art thing. I don't want to see any more paintings of skeletons or anything. Like, Sarah, you are way too young to be so bitter. (laughs) You you really are. (laughs) What happened to you? Take I don't it from like me. Dead paintings. At thirty, really, you're going to be thirty one day in like twelve years, um, and and you don't want to be bitter like I am, and I'm already bitter seeing little glimpses de- of it. So, I'm so bitter towards desperate housewives. <laughs> what are they doing to me? You know what's funny is it's interesting how I mean, obviously, I am not a woman. I've joked about dressing up as as Lynette for Halloween, and which I did not. I dressed up as a cow. For my niece, Bella. Um, Lynette's storyline, it's, this is so, I was out of town again last weekend, and so I didn't watch last week's episode until today. And the scene where she dropped Penny off at the playground to see Tom, and you just, you knew Lynette was feeling sad because Tom was sitting there alone with a baseball. And then to see the daughter walk, I cried on my couch. I don't remember the last time I cried watching Desperate Housewives. Tonight, I definitely got a little bit of tear, you know, teary-eyed, mm-hmm. uh, but I was trying to play it cool because you were there, and also you were the one crying, so I wanted to be strong. <laughs> but it's interesting how I have I've watched the show for all eight seasons, and to stick with these characters and see how they evolve, and also to compare my life experience. I mean, I know everyone's tired of hearing me talk about my breakup on the show, but I see Lynette. And you feel it, and I feel it. I Which totally good, feel it because that's what it's supposed. That's what like good television does. Like if something's, if you feel it because they're feeling it, it reminds you. That means they're doing it right. Yeah, they, I thought they really hit the nail on the head. And when she, um, obviously, when she showed up with uh, those hair extensions. Okay, first of all, like, okay, Lynette, you did your hair. It doesn't mean it's, like, two feet longer now and much fuller, those hair extensions, or something else. She looked phenomenal, but I don't think the average woman out there has, you know, a hairstylist working on her for three hours. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the average woman can, like, actually get their hair to do that. No, I, I, <laughs> I don't think so either. She looked fantastic, but there was, that, um, there was that moment where we just knew, both of us were cringing watching this episode, knowing that Lynette was watching walking into a situation where she's going to let herself into Tom's apartment to leave some scotch or whiskey, whatever, by, by the bed. For the anniversary. I know. Um, this was a really interesting plot line to me just because a lot of the predictability in this, this episode for me was mm-hmm. this scene. Like, I, I thought the flowers were an annual thing. I didn't – or that he at least sent them before. I didn't think that Tom sent them. Yeah, it's, it seems suspicious for sure. It was sure. all suspicious and like, however – it was the most emotional part of the entire episode. It was like, I just have to skip to it, but like the moment where he says, I'm going to stop that order for tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll call first thing. I'll call first thing. Yeah. And he like doesn't even realize like how, what he's saying. Like he is saying like, I'm not going to be there for you oh in the years gosh. to come. And I she know. like 
gets and she, it. And, and she's, she's just like, like, okay. And she hung her head down. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that was a horrible, horrible moment. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I just think I should leave now. And it was just... I feel Lynette's character more than it's like, I want to call Felicity Huffman tonight and be like, are you okay? Because she is so believable. She's so great in this role. I can't imagine any other actor playing this part. And to see it come full circle and to see her remove her wedding ring at the end of that episode, Mm -hmm. it makes me wonder because remember a few episodes back, all of us were talking about... How they had to get back together. They had to get back together. It's Lynette and Tom. They're like the rocks on the lane and they have these kids and... I'm not so sure anymore. I really don't know what's going to happen. It's it's going to be... Because they're pointing it. Like, at the beginning of this, when they were starting separating, we were all so sure. And now, I am not sure at all. But maybe if that's anything, just manipulation by the writers. Like, maybe they're making us think, okay, it's this has got to be the end. She's taking off the ring. But, you know, maybe Tom is, in the next episode, going to have some turning point or something. And he's going to get over this woman he's dating. Or he's, or she's, or the new woman's going to want to get really serious, and he's going to realize he can't, or something. But they're so full circle. I mean, like the ring thing, him even commenting on her hairstyle. Yeah, your hair looks nice. I think maybe Lynette will have to date someone. It's like. So you know what it kind of reminds me of? It reminds me of being in junior high or high school. And like getting all dressed up and lo- and looking great, and being that person who gets stood up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's to a lesser degree, but it's sort of like Lynette looked so good, and then to just fall so far and feel so rejected. And that's the sad part. She couldn't have done anything else. Like, she was being perfect. She was bringing him his scotch. She, and that's what hurts so bad. She's so, they're so bright together, and he's ruining it. Okay, but hold on. He's ruining it. Hold on. Remember, when they separated, Lynette was the one who said, Remember that night she had the nightmare and she went over and slept in his bed with him and they ended up hooking up, whatever. And the next day he said, hey, if you want to get back together, I'm totally open to that. And she was the one who said, no, no, I gave you the wrong idea. That was just... It's very true. I had a nightmare and this is a temper... I mean, Lynette was not... Tom never cheated on Lynette, you know, or at least in the storyline that we're watching. He never cheated on Lynette. She was all for the the separation. So don't forget that. That she did initiate this. I, I do tend to forget that just because of how sad she is now. And I know. She mentioned, but that's the thing. She mentions how she didn't fight for it. Mm-hmm. But she didn't fight for it because she initiated it, right? Yeah, I mean, but I think it's also one of the reasons that this is so, like, humanized is that it is so human nature to change your mind every five seconds. You want one thing one second. You don't know what you want another. And, you know, it's I, I mm-hmm. can identify with that a lot. And so I don't fault her. I don't fault her. But I oh. just think it's we can't place all the blame on Tom. On Tom. Even though I'm totally rooting for Lynette. Can we place all the blame on that other woman? I need to place blame. <laughs> so um, I'm bitter and I need to place blame what we've established this episode. Seriously, we've got to talk about this after the show. So Carlos... Uh, shows up at the house drunk in a cab and Gabby answers the door and the cab driver says, is this your husband? And in the beginning of the episode, she suggests that he um, he goes to rehab and he says no, of course. And we can see that when he has a client show up at the office, who ha- did he say an $8 million account or an $80 million I'm account? I'm pretty sure it was an 80. Like a big fat 
account. So this yeah. is obviously an important client. It brings the firm a lot of business. Carlos, of course, is the CEO, and it's falling apart. Um, and you, again, like in another moment of just clarity and intuition, you knew that that guy at the office who Gabby, you know, he came in and saved the day. What was his name? Hello. Jeffrey. Jeffrey? Yes, Jeffrey, exactly. Well, well, sir, let's talk about your account and blah, blah, blah. I have a few solutions. And uh, you totally called it. You were like, he's a bad guy. He's a total douche. I mean, it's the business world, right? The business world of TV, everyone's a douche. How do you know that? When is there ever a nice guy who like comes in and is like, hi, let me solve his problems and do all the work, but I, he can take all the credit? I don't know if you're watching some scripted uh, reality show, maybe. Who knows? But you totally called it. The guy ended up being a douche. And kind of nice to see the client ultimately say, you know, once he found out that Carlos does have a drinking problem, he was totally on board saying, I need to talk to him right now. And of course, didn't I say, didn't, th- then I predicted yes, it. Yes. And I said, oh my gosh, he was in AA himself and he's going to go offer words of advice to Carlos. But are all of Carlos's car- um, clients going to follow suit? Or is Carlos going to come back from rehab or, or come back to the office and have nothing left? I don't know. I mean, that would be not so exciting, right? If we started following Carlos to the office every day, I'd rather watch Gabby like go shopping or take the girls. I have to say one thing about Gabby in this situation. When she first went um, up to the old guy who was this head of this account, this was like the only moment that I found Gabby unattractive. When she was like trying to seduce him and doing her little dance, oh my and doing gosh! But unbuttoned down, talk her about hair awkward. Flip. Talk about awkward. When she was like, "Jingle bells, jing." What the? What was that? I don't know, but I was so confused because Abby's always like the rocking it woman. She's always so attractive, so hot, and I was just like, "What's yeah. going on?" It's the trying too hard factor. That's exactly what it is. It was so strange. I was blown away by how uncomfortable I felt. Well, Eva Longoria, um, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, maybe stripping is not that you're calling. Because yeah. she, she, she was not she like just, a convincing oh. burlesque girl. No? No. She's just, I guess, naturally sexy. She's she pretty be- naturally sexy. By the way, did you see the picture of her like a week ago? She was at the LA Galaxy um, New York Red Bulls, I think is there. I mean, okay, I don't watch professional soccer. Um or any other professional sport for that matter. But she I was I mean, you can't really watch the NBA right now, so I know, good point, right? That lockout. So she was at the game, you know, David Beckham is on the LA Galaxy and I guess Eva Longoria is tight with the Beckhams. Who who does she not know by the way? She hangs out with President Obama and Michelle. She knows the Beckhams and she was holding Harper Harper Beckham, Harper Seven. Seven is his middle name. Harper oh, yes. Seven Beckham, he's four months old, and Eva Longoria is there at the LA Galaxy game down on Carson in the VIP booth. By the way, Zach Efron was also in that VIP booth. With the Beckhams? And- With the Beckhams and Eva Longoria. That's a weird mix. I know, I know. I just feel like that wouldn't get along. I know what happened a week ago, Maybe he's but- he's friends with the children. <laughs> because he's so young. <laughs> Zac Efron is like 26 now, isn't he? I don't he? know. He just looks like a, I don't know. Don't get me started on Zac Efron. I don't like him. You don't? He no. he seems like a little kid, and then he takes off his shirt, and he seems like a man. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Have you seen his... I mean, he's like... He's, he's a man. He's pretty ripped. He's pretty ripped. I still think he looks like he's 12. Yeah, kind of. 
And I can't believe he's hanging out with Eva Longoria. I know. Well, I think it's just because we're jealous. I'm sure she was looking fabulous. She was looking great, actually. You know, I sometimes wonder, do these people have makeup artists come to their homes and get them ready when they're about to go to an event like that? Because she, I swear, she had, like, fake eyelashes and the whole bit going. She was dressed to the nines. Anyway, um, there's not a lot of, like, Desperate House of Gossip these days, but that was a a little taste. In terms of the Carlos storyline, though... I was not expecting him to dump out the alcohol at the end of this episode. And did you like that or did you not? I just thought it seemed – one thing about the show that we've talked about before is sometimes it's so tricky to follow that if you miss one episode – like if you would missed this week's episode and then you tuned in the next episode, you would think, oh, wait a minute, what happened? Carlos is – unless he goes off to rehab, it just seemed like a pretty quick cure, you know? He seemed really in control of himself. To me, on the, when he during uh, this um, this spell of him like drinker and whatnot, like I feel like he either he's so drunk that he's falling over, or that he's kind of fine. Yeah, there like, wasn't a he middle was ground. Laying on the couch and watching TV and complaining with the potato chips on. Yeah, he didn't even seem like bad to me. I know he stood up and he was like, "Oh no, oh. I'm fine." Yeah, I was like, but "Yeah, I you do look him fine." That he was fine. Yeah, which I didn't really like. I felt like he was like he could either do I'm falling down, I can't stand up, I can't speak, and then. Oh, I'm an old person. There was no struggle. There was no like him trying to like show like that he can talk. And you just good. you think it's bad acting. I don't know if it's bad acting or if they're trying to make a point that he actually shouldn't be going to rehab because that's what I'm getting that he doesn't really need it. Hmm. I mean, if he can pour out the bottle himself. I don't know though. I don't know. I, I don't know. I um. I mean, the whole drunk bit, I wasn't buying a whole lot just because I think... I mean, I'm sure as an actor, it's hard to pretend you're drunk. Oh, yeah. If if I was in that role, I, I probably just would be drunk, right? <laughs> how, how, how fake does it need to be? Let's just be real. Why don't we uh, take a little commercial break and come back uh, and talk a little bit more about... Predictions? About predictions, yeah, and what happened on this episode. So I'll meet you back here in a minute. The biggest new media platform on the web just got bigger. More bandwidth, smoother streaming, lightning, fast download. And get technical with me. After Buzz TV is making the jump to hyperspace. Join the fun at your number one source for after show entertainment. Look at the size of that thing. After Buzz TV. I guess After Buzz is getting quicker and better. Why were you Why were you making faces during that commercial break? I wasn't expecting that commercial. I don't think I've heard that one. You know, here like, at AfterBuzz, we like to change hyper things up. Hyperspeed. Yeah, hyperspeed. Yeah. Jesse, I mean, it's all new. It's the all new AfterBuzz TV, right? Uh, absolutely. You got to keep up. Okay. Jesse, did you see tonight's uh, Desperate Housewives episode? Unfortunately, I have to wait until you guys go to bed back home while I'm up late at night and then I have to watch it. So that's why it kills me to sit here and listen to you guys talk about it. Oh, oh so I'm we sorry, ruined Jesse. the episode for you. It's okay. The only one that yeah, I, I've been more into Gossip Girl, Sarah. Yeah. Knows. So we have Desper, a Gossip Girl I've kind of let go awesome. of Desperate Housewives this season. Uh, well, you know, don't let go of it too long because if, if you uh, wait too long, it'll be gone. There will be no more Des- Desperate Housewives to hold on to. Jesse uh. will have to watch the last episode with us and he'll be like, we'll do the finale all together. That's when we're all going to dress up as our favorite character, right? 
Oh, we got all four. We'll figure it out. Lynette, I don't. I still don't know if I'd make a, a good Lynette. I think you'd be a great Lynette. By the way, if any of you are watching us live on Ustream right now, and you've checked in to chat on the social stream, the little um, box that's up at the right top right corner of your screen, I tried to check in tonight and follow you guys and and get comments, but I'm having issues um, getting my laptop to connect. Are you on Ustream? By the way, Sarah, I have a handy no? little. Thing here. A little tablet. Uh-huh. So, but, but if you're if you're out there and you have a comment that you're just dying to share, um, sorry that we're not able to read it online right here. But you can always call into the show. Uh, we'll be on the air for another ten minutes or so. Four two four two five six one seven two nine. Four two four two five six one seven two nine. So if you want to call in and make comments about tonight's show or any of the past episodes or what you think might be coming up, feel free to, to call in. And Sarah, um, I, I promise you, on her behalf, she will be nice to you. I know she's a little rough around the edges, but don't be worried about calling because you think she's going to, like, attack. I'll try my best. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> so, you um, can be the nice person. The now, we've, you're after Buzz TV. Oh, predictions. We talked about it a little bit already, about what we think may be coming up. And I've got to say, I usually have sort of a clear picture Based on the little, you know, whether it's Mm -hmm. a leak on a blog or a spoiler alert somewhere or just the tease in the show. Tonight, at the end of the episode, there was no tease for the next episode. Instead, we saw a shockingly bizarre cross-promotional spot promoting Uh, the new Muppets movie. Yes, with Vanessa Williams of all of the Desperate Housewives. (laughs) I was like, what is going on? It was Vanessa Williams and Miss Piggy, and then Kermit shows up. And they, like, have a little tiff over him. So Disney has a new movie in theaters uh, later this month, and I guess that was a bit of cross-promotion. But I'm kind of bummed because I look forward to the tease at the end of every week's episode. So they gave us nothing tonight. And I wonder if... um, are we skipping the next couple weeks of episodes? Are they not on the air? We never determine that, right? We have to look that up. They might not be coming back on until after Thanksgiving, I think, December 4th. Because sometimes they do that. Like oh, yeah. They won't leave the tease just because there's such a wait. Right. So that that might be happening. Or maybe they're behind in post-production and they simply don't have anything to show us yet. Ooh, Who knows? But, but I, I really don't even know. I mean, in terms of Lynette and Tom... I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. I used to think that they would get back together. Now, I really don't know. I think they're going to have to add something new to that. So either I think that the new woman or the um, the doctor woman who's dating Lynette. Yeah. I think. Who's dating she, Tom. She's going to try and make things really serious. Like want a ring or something and be like, I'm a doctor. I've spent all my life doing this. I want to get married and have kids or something. And it's going to get really serious. Whoa, you even have her lines down already? <laughs> you're, you're, you're predicting what the actors will say. This is, wow. No. And also, guys, we will not be back for Desperate Housewives till December, December 4th. 4th. Okay. Well, there okay. We go. So, Jesse, our DJ, has just confirmed that for us. Thank you. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, JJ. So, it's either going to go that way or. Lynette's going to get a new boyfriend, and Tom's going to be jealous. Like, I just feel like they have to add something new. They but if Lynette keep- gets a new boyfriend and Tom is jealous, that kind of like, ay yeah, yeah, it just drags it out, doesn't it? I mean, it's one season left. Oh, I don't think there's time. I'm going to go, I'm going to say they do get back together, and this week they decided to just lead us astray and make us think that they were not. So I'm okay. going to, I'm going to. But what gets them back together? 
Well, Lynette says, hello, Tom. Are you sure you don't like my hair extensions? And then Tom says, they were very nice, Lynette, but now I'm... I I don't know, Sarah. I don't know what the actors will say. I don't know what the writers have written. Okay. Why don't you tell me what they're going to say since you've scripted out the episode, the upcoming episode? I write out what I think is going to happen for the whole season, (laughs) key lines, you know. So so bottom line, 50-50 for me, but I'm, well, 51-49, I'm leaning toward them getting back together, and I hope I'm right. I hope you're right, too. I'm I'm completely split, although I do think something big's going to have to happen. Something new between them. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you, do you think they're going to get arrested? Are any of these women going to get arrested? Because with Chuck, he seems hell bent on finding enough evidence to put this case together and charge one or all of these women with the death of of that man. By the way, the mugshot of that dude freaky. Yes. Isn't that spooky? Yes. I mean, he's not the most like attractive actor on the planet, but I would be kind of pissed if I played that role and they put a mugshot like that. I mean, he looks, looks like, like um, he, death. he looks like he's a murderer. He does, doesn't in he? In that mugshot. I know. Yeah. I know. It's scary. Um, I think this plot's going to be interesting because we don't know who called him in missing. And there was that phone call at the very beginning, the very like first episode when they're burying him. He gets a phone call and it says like home. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. And that's never really been addressed. And now we found out that they said that someone called him in missing. So I'm wondering who's looking for him. That's- I wonder if they would develop that story because it's it's totally plausible know. that he has some sort of family member who's mm-hmm. calling from home. Right. Or something. Well, or they might just drop it off and it might not all matter. But that's something that I was wondering. Also, I was wondering if maybe Carlos goes to rehab for and join or joins AA and has to go to one of the steps I believe is like admitting oh um, writing your wrongs writing your wrongs and like going to the people and like asking yeah. for forgiveness or saying sorry at least right right um and if he has to do that I'm wondering if he's gonna like search for someone to say sorry to what might he say or, if he if he said sorry like what might his lines be Sarah <laughs> in the script like how would the writer I have- killed him and now- <laughs> And now I feel guilty. No, but so like I think that there's definitely going to be something like they like to do these little things where they they're giving Chuck clues like the paintings lime is all about giving Chuck a clue. Okay, those weren't clues. Those were like confessions. That was essentially a storyboard of first we did this and here was a bloody candlestick paint. I mean, they even included the candlestick. It's so obvious. Yeah, just give them the weapon. Just show them where the blood is. That's was. what I Come thought. On. They need to make it a little more subtle than that. A yeah. little more subtle. If it was just the skeletons, I would have been a little more okay with it. Yeah. But they had, they even had the chest where the skeleton was in. Did you see that? Like, you know how they put them in a trunk? Oh. They even had a trunk. It was, there was the oh, candlestick so here, obvious. the trunk here, the body here, and like all the women in this one. First of all, if you're an artist, whether you're a writer or an actor or a painter, if you're basing something off of real life, you need to change things just enough so people don't know. I mean, hello, how many screenwriters do you know out there who write scripts about their own lives but change? Like, if I was writing something about you, I would probably make you like a 400-pound blonde woman. 
and I would call you Mildred. Looks just like me. So no one would know it was you, right? Like, did Susan have to paint the women exactly as they are with the same hair color and the same height? I know. And the chest and the candlestick? Come on. Modify reality just like a bit. we're talking about Clue. <laughs> with the candlestick in the living room. And- I feel like our bitterness is just a little too apparent. Yeah, okay, I'm so- the bitter one. You over there. <laughs> I know. I'm always complaining about this show, even though I adore it. So you think that Carlos goes to rehab and as part of his uh, 12-step program or whatever it is that he has to make amends for his wrongdoings. Yes, either that or this person who's searching for um, the dead guy comes looking. One of those two. Hmm, interesting. They, they're going to bring out some new clue that's going to jeopardize the safety of the woman, even though it seems like it's pretty much... I don't understand what Chuck is missing. Like what like piece of the keep, puzzle he's yeah, missing? Like maybe that it's Gabby's stepfather? Well, there's no whatever. he doesn't have the body yet. So I think yeah. I think the body is the is the big missing link. I don't think he's going to get the body. Ever. If he doesn't have the body, how can they charge them with the crime? No? I don't know. Well, I guess people get charged maybe. with crimes without a body, but the body I think is the, is the is the big one. Is the, yeah, definitely is. Um do we have any other Mike Delfino by the way, his character, I feel like they've you like, know, they just pull him in when they need him. I, I feel, yeah, James Denton, they've like written him out of the show. Where is he? Is he taking a lot of vacation time this I season mean, or the, what? The last time we saw him, he was just burying bodies in with the his of truck. The night. I know he had like two lines. Not to mention little MJ, that little actor, Susan's Susan's son. Well, I mean, it's it's clear that the show is totally unclear. But I am of all times to take a two week break. Tonight is like the most irritating time to do it because I'm so curious to see what's coming up next. But that's what's good, you know? Yeah. Well, um, I guess that's all for tonight, folks. We um, we can't wait to see you all back in a few weeks. December 4th. I know it sounds oh, like a long time away. We should probably tell everyone Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, Happy Thanksgiving. Exactly. Think of, um, think of all the ladies on the housewives as you carve that turkey and just be glad that your family is together. Yeah. If it is. Don't commit any Thanksgiving crimes. (laughs) No Thanksgiving crimes. No candlesticks at the dinner party. In fact, before Thanksgiving comes along, you might want to just hide all of the candlesticks in the entire house. Just to be safe. Not that I'm paranoid, but just to be safe. Just put them in a locked chest. All right, folks. Thanks for joining us. In a few weeks when we're back, I promise we'll check in and chat on Ustream. So if you have any comments, you can send them in during the show. Otherwise, have a fantastic Thanksgiving. For DJ Jesse Janity in the booth, Sarah Stretton, I'm Derek Shore. All of us, thanks for tuning in. Or if you're listening on iTunes, thanks for listening to us. And we'll catch you in the next episode. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you buzz later. You later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.